Good morning, everybody. Happy Tuesday. Let's get the day off right and start this show. Don't miss your free chance to tune into Benzinga's very own bootcamp series on November 20th. If you're looking to dive into new concepts and grow your account, this one's for you. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Went with the old intro today, Joel. Still working out the kinks in the new one, but we'll bring it back. But maybe we'll go back and forth every other day. We'll do a different intro. Uh, Good morning, Joel. Um, Before we bring up the charts, uh, it appears we're going to be a a man down today, uh, but he has a good excuse. Did you see his excuse? Joel. Uh, he told me his excuse. This is his excuse. Our friend Dennis has no power because apparently in Canada, you get a couple inches of snow and the infrastructure can't handle it. This, this is a picture of Dennis's backyard that he sent me. Oh, he said, oh, nice, nice. And he has no electricity. So I doubt he'll be on the show today. Um, and, uh, I don't even know. I mean, I, he's not trading clearly. <laughs> I hope he's hedged. I hope he's hedged today. I hope for his, <laughs> but yes, the lesson here is in Canada, they can't handle their snow. Exactly. Mateo sell Canadian energy. That's exactly right. Uh, and Bill big D, uh, yeah, we, I also thought Dennis would have a backup generator, but he's, he's living in a rental property. So he does not. Um, and that is where we stand here. So no Generac for Dennis today. Maybe he'll learn his lesson and get one for the, for the, the, you know, the actual winter, uh, coming up here. But, um, Dennis has no power, which means, uh, no Dennis on the show. So that being said, he said eight thirty. they, you know, how you call in and just, you know, and they give you an, uh, an estimate. So he said eight thirty. let's keep uh, our fingers right. crossed. If not, um, he's going to be on the phone with his broker, uh, putting in a lot of orders. That should be a, a sight to see. Uh, yeah. but, uh, yeah. Boy, unfortunately, well, let's hope he gets it back. Triple D, we're here for you if you can join <laughs> us. But uh, we still got a lot to cover, right? We do. We got a lot going on, Joel. We, we got, I, I want to talk EV stocks. We have retail earnings. We have retail sales at 830. I didn't even mention yesterday. You guys know how I like to keep an eye on the 13F just because I think it's interesting and see what the head funds are doing. And I didn't even r- realize that yesterday was 13F day, so we do have some stocks that Warren Buffett sold and bought last quarter. If anyone cares about that, we can talk about that. Uh, but let's get to the overnight markets here, Joel, because we had a bit of a, um, shall we say, flash crash in, in Bitcoin last night? Yeah, yeah. We'll yeah. get to the Bitcoin futures here in one second. Let's just recap. Uh, the S&Ps, uh, no good numbers stopping uh, for me today, either on the upside or downside. Pre-market high, 46.87. I got nothing there for you. 46, 70, 75, that's your low. I really don't have anything for you there. Uh, I do have this area of interest, and it's just a couple points below we're trading. And that's, uh, let's just call it 44, 46, 78, 50. Um, that's your area of your three of your last five closes. So that's a consolidation area uh, on a closing basis. But we've traded through it so many times. It's just kind of like a machete. So we'll just, we'll have to see whether we can get a bid there get back up test that 4700 or we got some more work to do on the downside this week 
Uh, crude's not having a bad day. Uh, that's up 46 cents. Actually, a uh, quiet range uh, today so far. Uh, gold uh, making its way up. The, maybe a true inflation hedge up 920 at 1875.80. Uh, trying to knock on the door at 1900. Uh, silver's having even a better day on a percentage basis. That's up 29 cents at 2539. Uh, Bitcoin, you know, it took a while to hear something out of China, right? We didn't hear anything on the individual stocks, but uh, they come up again, come out against uh, currency mining. But we know what happened last time that created a big biome opportunity. Bitcoin futures down $3,615 at Six. This is called sixty thousand three hundred. Um, Ethereum. It's falling a little bit more on a percentage basis, down nearly six percent, three hundred and eighteen dollars seventy-five cents. That's it. Uh, forty-two forty-seven fifty for the Ethereum futures. So cryptocurrency is under pressure. Uh, thanks to China. Yeah, but the buy the dip already happened, though. Right? <laughs> it went to fifty-eight five. Yeah. Um. Nothing out there at that area. Well, oh, that's uh, that's looking. Let's go to the Bitcoin futures and see exactly what we have here. Uh, it found support right here in this area, right around fifty-eight k, right fifty-eight k again, just under fifty-eight here. So if that fifty-eight five holds up, uh, that'd be a good low. But really, beneath that, then you got to start thinking about fifty-five. But uh, the bulls are. Are trying to get that 60 close, uh, 60 handle close. It's done that a lot of sessions in, the ru- in a row. So if we close under 60, hmm, maybe some more work to do on the downside there. Haven't closed below 60K in the futures since October 14th. And that, and that close was 58, uh, 545. Boy, so many numbers with that. But uh, not a good day for cryptocurrencies, but off the lows of the session. Yeah, it, it got it's, it's to a point where like uh, I didn't even look for a uh, uh, for a reason why Bitcoin was down. I just assumed that I mean uh, this is what Bitcoin does. It goes it goes down, it, it goes up, it it moves crazy volatile. It wasn't until Joel came on that I I even knew that China said something because I don't even think it. This is what it does. You, you got to know that. But what I always try to uh, the way I think about this is Bitcoin is a short. Holding Bitcoin is a short-term risk. Not holding it is a long-term risk. Uh, but this is, what, this is just what it does. Wow. I didn't come up with that, by the way. Um, so let, let's start with um, from one speculative, uh, uh, highly volatile asset to another, uh, Bitcoin to EV stocks, Joel. We are I, EV say, mania. Well, we're back in an EV mania. It's, it's crazy to say. And it's not even necessarily Tesla, right? It's all the other ones. It's Lucid Motors, LCID. They had earnings last night. And the biggest thing that I took away from that was they guided or, or they, they confirmed, I guess, their prior guidance that they are on target to produce 20,000 cars next year, which is like an afternoon right for any other any old automaker but twenty thousand cars is what lucid says they're going to produce next year they did say that they have more orders now than they previously did so that's something Thirteen thousand reservations um you got you got lucid you got rivian which i don't think it's, it's had a down day yet joel um okay. i it just we're it's ev stuff nobody this is what i was talking about with michigan a half hour ago nobody wants to miss the next tesla Everybody looks at Tesla, and they and they all go way to the left, and they look at 2014, 2013, 2012. Tesla at 30, Tesla at 20, Tesla at, at 50, 60. I don't want to be the one to miss it. 
I'm going to buy this. And that's what's happening here. Um, and we talk about it every day. Is, is it going to be Lucid? Is it going to be Fisker? Is it going to be Rivian? Obviously, no one knows, but that's what's happening here. You have this this mentality where nobody wants to miss the next gravy train. You agree? And, uh, yeah, I mean, you can't even you can't look at the numbers. You can't look at the production. You can't look at the valuations. All you can do is you can look at the chart. And from what I'm seeing here uh, early this morning, uh, 48. Someone has a piece to work out at 48. Uh, you hit that um, after hours. You had a little, you know, a wild first few minutes, but uh, you're at 47.20. Your buyers are congregating at 46.50 for whatever reason. And you punch through 48, then you start to get into this bar here, this February bar. I'm not even going to drill down on the uh, on the dailies. You can you can do that on yourself to find some relevant levels. Uh, old time high, uh, 64.86. But uh, first things first, folks. Keep an eye on 48 bucks today. Uh, that's your level LCID potential with a capital P. Potential yeah. resistance in yeah. LCID. And what's interesting is it's not even like like Tesla. Like we're in this EV uh, mania again, but it's not even like Tesla. Obviously, we've talked about this for the past few days. Has come off its highs, and and Elon uh, sold a little more. Uh, okay, uh, want to go to Elon? Sold about nine hundred fifty mil worth of stock, so that brings his total uh, down to uh, up to about seven point eight billion dollars of, of net sales in the last week plus. Um, but it's just so funny to see the, you know, all these EV stocks catch fire and it's, and it's not Tesla. They're all like trying to play catch up, but it's, but it ain't Tesla. You got some overhang, right? Yeah. I mean, you actually have a, a seller out there. Do we, did we drill down on the math and see where he's at on that 10% well, uh, reduction? He's at 7.8 and he would okay. need to see, he would need to sell or billion. You would need to, what, what, what did we say? The 10%. Was like you would have to sell 17, 17 I think. Yes, yeah, yeah, 17 somewhere or so. He's got a ways to go if that's what he's doing. Um, but yeah. he's over halfway though, right? Isn't he? I don't, I, I haven't been keeping up know. on the daily math. That uh, Dennis gave you a decent level yesterday. It just depends. Yeah. Like, if you're trading a stock like Tesla, you got it. Either you know you throw your bid out there at nine eighty seven thirty one, and you're kind of scratching your head when it goes to nine seventy eight sixty. Uh, and this is something that we're going to talk about um, at the event on December eleventh. Now, if you had caught that nine eighty seven thirty one on the way back up, then it's a heatless trade. We all know we like heatless trades. Got a nice bounce over ten thirty. Uh. Boy, it's been down, I think, six out of the last seven sessions. So still some pressure here. Now you got two lows in the same area. 978.60 was the low from yesterday. Still haven't settled. I think if if it settles in uh, in three digits, I think you might see a little bit more downside. But two lows in the same area, protecting that 950 low and that gap area as well. Uh, and then... Who made a good point? Uh, Tom Vigor made a good point in chat that Rivian has options open today. Trade today. Oh, so okay. it's optionable, baby. Let's go all buy some out of the money calls. Expired. Oh, boy, oh boy. boy, you're, uh, you're. Well, I mean, the first day. I mean, this thing is just ripping. Yeah. I can't I even give you anything. I mean, it's no, even trying to get the highs of the pre-market session, one sixty-two eighty-eight, and they're throwing some volume around in this too. 
so it, just and, and and it had a down day only if you go by the opening price, not the IPO price on day one. Correct. If you go by the IPO price, we're we're, we're four for four so far. So I mean, pretty pretty great run. I I, I got this one wrong. Um, anyway, I, I don't know. It's just like every day with these EV stocks is crazier and crazier. So I, th- I thought we'd start the show with that. But I want to move on here to earnings here because we have a couple big ones today and a relevant economic data point at 830. So we'll start oh, with, yeah. Wal- with Walmart here because we have Walmart earnings. Um, always an important indicator um, because they are the second largest retailer in, in the country behind Amazon. Right. So uh, Walmart's numbers can a lot of times be extrapolated to, to the rest of the sector. Um, and and what is to come? Anyway, Walmart's numbers are pretty good, right? Their EPS beat a buck forty-five versus a buck forty. Their sales beat one hundred forty point five versus one hundred thirty-five billion dollars. They raised their EPS guidance for the year um, by by about twenty cents. Uh, they said their inventory. This is probably good. Normally, this would be yeah, probably good. Inventory up eleven percent uh, year over year ahead of the holiday season. That's probably a good thing in light of. Um, you know, supply chain concerns. Uh, on top of all that, their e-commerce growth, uh, the U.S. e-commerce sales rose 8%, uh, which interestingly enough was actually not as much as their brick and mortar sales grew and also not as much as Amazon sales grew. So uh, it did come in above estimates, but it wasn't, it wasn't quite as hot as Amazon's number. Um, and it was interesting to see that the brick and mortar sales actually grew more than their e-commerce sales did, which I guess makes some sense. But um, anyway, all that comes out to what, Joel? All that comes out is to a measly $0.27 cent gain right now, 147 to 18 You have to be a disappointed Walmart shareholder. But we talked about this on the At The Close show. I mean, you had a run from 135 to 152 Walmart. Moving 17 points in a month and a half. Very, very unusual move. Then you had some profit takers ahead of the report. And a lot of people are scratching their head and say, why didn't I sell that at 150 on the way up? And we talked about that 150, that psychological level. Well, it did a little bit better than 150 on the initial pop. It went to one. 150.99 and now back at 147.50. So, disappointing now you just have to do a reset you have to look at the rate you just go back to the daily highs because i don't think you're going to get another shot at 150 today of course anything can happen 148.45 that's your high from yesterday that's a buck away after all those numbers and all that good news now you got to rally a buck to get to the previous day's high and then, uh, and then you're spotting a pair of highs at 149 if you can even get through that 148 and a half level I'm coming back on the downside. I mean, yeah, you did spike to 45 and a half, but you don't want to lose that low from yesterday. I mean, I we get back to that, uh, the old Goldman gap up day. You got a gap in here between 142 and 144. So important, man, stay green and stay above the previous day's low. Walmart, not, I mean, I guess they're going to, uh, uh, just penalize them for that that one one metric that they missed out on. But overhead supply rules the day in shares of Walmart here, only trading up forty four cents, one forty seven thirty. Yeah, I I just can't think of a time where a company would brag about inventories being being up, uh, 
in this environment, right? But in this environment, that's what you want, right? <laughs> you want more stuff in your stores, which I guess makes some sense. Uh, likewise, Home Depot, right? They they also beat on their EPS three dollars and ninety two cents versus a three dollar and forty cent estimate. Sales came in higher as well, thirty six point eight versus a thirty four. $0.5 billion estimate. So they beat on the EPS, they beat on their sales, and their comps, they crushed it. Their same store sales uh, rose a, a little over 6% in Q3 versus a 2% estimate. Uh, so, and, and in the US, uh, specifically, comps uh, rose 5.5% versus a 1% estimate. So they blew away the year-over-year um, same store sales slash comparable sales numbers, uh, which basically just measures the amount of sales at all stores that have been open for more than one year. That's what, that's what comps means uh, or same store sales. It's the same metric. Um, so they blew away that number. Um, and I guess people are, are stocking up Joel. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, coming at home Depot, I mean, going to buy those uh, snow shovels and salt and everything loading up. Uh, I'm going to throw out the high, throw out the low 367 and then just under 377. When I look at this upper right chart here, I mean, how can you not think about 375? I mean, you are trading up 292 at 374. But look at all those pesky tops there. Through, I mean, going back to the end of October. So that's still a good number, up 292. Uh, after you hit that 77 high, I mean, traders, investors, whatever, funds, step down to 376. So... Been hanging out here for a long time. Your major support is down at 365, so I wouldn't be really worried about any major decline here. But big big day for uh, Home Depot. Can we finally clear that 375 and not only clear it, uh, but close above it? Be careful if you get that old get through the 375 to go to like 375.67 and then come back down hard through that area. But that that's a, as good a resistance level as you can get just based on the daily charts. This would seem to also, in a way, couldn't it be a play on the housing market? Because no, if nobody wants to, if people don't want to buy new homes, they, they'd rather just stay and renovate the home they've got, right? Home Depot and Lowe's. Maybe the whole, the whole pandemic, right? You know, accelerated uh, that mentality. So yeah, yeah you know, you know, people taking. I mean, I've done a lot more things, you know, like around the house, not not personally, sure, but sure. Well, not yet. <laughs> people, yeah, right. I want to get it done right, exactly. Sure. So, uh, sure. ah, I, what's Lowe's doing now? Lowe's Lowe's always had his mind of its own. Uh, this is trading up 218. You got a pair of pesky highs here at, uh, let's just call it 239 if you get a look at that. Now, Lowe's re- reports tomorrow. Is that correct? Uh, let me double check it. They, what's today, Tuesday? Yeah, tomorrow morning. Yeah, so, you know, the high bar, low bar, I think you got a pretty high bar to clear here. Uh, oh, you do. Lowe's. Especially yep. because of that daily chart, right? You, you do have a high bar. But at the same time, Home Depot also had a high bar. Right, and they just set it a little bit higher on you by actually coming out with a good report. Uh, Full disclosure, I've owned Lowe's for a long time. Probably should sell it so I don't get Pelotoned, but uh, since we don't sell things, we'll just have to wait someday when this is at 150 and I'll say, oh, why didn't I sell it when it was at 240 But uh, anyways, uh, that's a look at Lowe's. They report tomorrow. Home Depot, your leader for today. 
Uh, to those in the chat who tuned in late, yes, Triple D is alive and well, but he has no power. So not only can he not join the show, but he can't even trade right now. So uh, hopefully we can get it back uh, within the hour. But um, he can't trade. He can't eat. He can't. He doesn't have heat. Wait, wait, I mean, he can't eat. What? Well, I mean, he can eat. I mean, I he can eat something cold. He's not having uh, anything warm, right? Uh, uh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure he has like a gas. Uh, like, like, I don't know what he has. We'll get into detail. He, okay, so he, he can't that. use the toaster. How's that? Is that good enough? Yeah. The, the, the takeaway here is everyone is very upset that Dennis doesn't have a generator. We all assume he did, and he doesn't. So that's the takeaway. He doesn't. He's in a rental. Hey, we got a generator. I'm telling you, man. I'm gonna get that thing tuned up again because I just. I actually do it once a year anyways. How's Generac doing? I know people say, oh, Dennis should get a Generac. Boy, that thing's taking a haircut off earnings. Have we found a bottom here yet? Oh, look at that. If you're a gap fill trader, Generac, you did get that gap fill. 434.77, that was your high end of 14th. Mm, you've done a little bit better than that. You went to 430. So you better catch a bid in here. Or else we got some more downside. Maybe a look at uh, at 420. That's uh, Generac. Big run. Big run to forever. Big run in 20. Yeah. Big run in 21 so far. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. We're going to have Frank Holmes from Hive Blockchain. Uh, it's really it's, it's a shame. I hope Dennis can join. because Yeah, uh, Dennis loves Frank. him. So, we'll have Frank on at 835. And we'll have a, a retail sales print at 830. Between now and then, though, there are a few other things I want to discuss. One of them being... Uh, I'm sorry to do this to you, Joel, uh, but Peloton uh, is doing a stock offering. They announced it, uh, I believe, this morning. Let me confirm the timing. Uh, yeah, they announced a $1 billion offering um, either this morning of Comedy Good stock. time to do Great, Really very excellent time to do an offering. <laughs> well, I mean... Me- I mean, there's very few I stocks. Know. I don't know. There's, there's very few charts that are hard for me to look at. Yeah, I'm sorry. This is the hardest chart for me to look. I'm at. sorry. I'm sorry. And then I still mentioned here. If you make, if it'll make you feel better, uh, I guess SoFi is doing an offering as well. So that that that's me. But uh, anyway, I don't They're know. Offering I'm, here. I mean, who are their bankers, man? They should have jammed stock down people's throat. I don't know. Maybe there's a washout bottom here at uh, 4364. We're got a three buck bounce off that. <laughs> I don't even no, know. Wait, wait. I just want to. Joel does not, is not eating crow on this one. Joel wanted to sell health on a year ago, right? This one's not on Joel. <laughs> This is this is not Joel's decision to not sell. You know what the thing that really bothers me? What is that? We like I said. I don't think I've ever done this on a stock in our portfolio because she we bought it good. I don't even want to think about where we bought it. And then she nibbled a little bit more, and it was up in this area. And I said that's fine, you know, but let's pick a level where if it loses that level, we're completely out of that position. Yeah. And she looked at the chart and, uh, you know, and it was, I don't even know when this was. And she said, 130 is where we're going to get out. Okay. I can tell you, cause this is right when it was, it had a report and it came down hard. I said, okay, it was right in this area. I don't know what she saw at 130 or whatever, but this was the, er- it was right around earnings here. And boom, it took out 130 and it did it one day. And I and it and it blinked and never got a shot at it. And 
man, I would have had a cell stop in this day. I would have been out of it. But it is what it is. It's not a huge position in the portfolio. But I think overall, in all of our years of investing, it's the biggest. This is this is yeah. the. Yeah. I, I'd almost swear if uh, if Easy Mike wasn't listening with his kids. <laughs> All right, uh, like you do, everyone has one of those in their in their portfolio. Oh yeah, some of us have more than one, Joel. Um, okay, I, I do want to briefly mention uh, Buffett and his 13F. Uh, I know a lot of people might scoff at oh, 13F. This information is is months old. Who cares? Well. Berkshire Hathaway's 13F is the only one that really has the power to move stocks, and you're seeing it again this morning because the stocks that, that Buffett bought last quarter are higher, and stocks that he sold last quarter are lower, and he's really the only one that has that effect. You can look at uh, Merck, which is down today. Uh, Buffett exited, or Berkshire Hathaway exited their Merck position last quarter, so MRK trading down off that. Uh, they trimmed their ABV, and ABBV is also down uh, this morning. Uh, they trimmed their Bristol-Meyer. Which is also down. Actually, no, I don't. It may be indicated down, but it hasn't really traded this morning. Um, and they trimmed their March and McLennan MMC. Oh wow, the old insurer. I haven't looked at that. Um, but they added uh, to their position in Chevron, which is trading higher. He's been in and out. He bought some. He sold some. Then he bought some again on this one. I, I remember that. He's been uh, he's been a little wishy washy on this. But go ahead. Uh, added to their position. Wait, uh, what did I just say? Chevron uh, added to their or took a new stake. Sorry, in Royalty Pharma ticker RPRX is that one? Uh, and you see the pop after hours. That was one hundred percent him. And took a new position in FND Floor and Decor Holdings. Not one that I am familiar with, but um, FND. Up this morning and last night. Wow, nine sticks. That's a big move. And that this is come this one. I'm looking at all the charts here and I'm trying to find this is a thin one. It's up on just a thousand shares. I don't know. Does anybody trade this? He went from 140. He had about a 20. This 136 area. A lot of people are getting their money back at 136, 137. You're trading 139. I'd be careful. And folks, they didn't, they they bought it. Over the last ninety days, okay, no, so not, go, not even. It's actually more yeah. than that, right? It's yeah, the last hundred thirty-five days. Yeah, so I mean, Warren ain't buying here. He's not <laughs> buying up nine sticks. <laughs> you know, you go back on the chart. That's what he was buying. So the, that's something that people gotta gotta keep in mind. Did he do anything with Kroger? Someone's asking. Oh, good question. Good question. Uh, I think he didn't he. Uh... Didn't he added to his Kroger last time around? Didn't he? Mm-hmm. I, I'm pretty sure. I thought I remember that. Um, let me check. I this is setting up. I like to set up for our Kroger traders. Look at that. He, I don't think he did anything with Kroger this time around. Um, no, I don't think he did. I remember him boosting it. I thought he boosted it last time, right? I'm pretty sure I remember that. But no, I don't think so. Um, and just and and just to clarify, like this happens every single quarter. This is not. This is not like Berkshire Hathaway trying to like copy like Ark Invest's active style. This is what they do. I mean, they're basically they're a hedge fund. This is what all the hedge funds do, right? They're constantly buying and selling, uh, but the information is so delayed, right? There's a 45 day window when they're required to report mm-hmm. their trades, uh, so that window closed yesterday, which is why we're talking about this today. Um, but yeah, for all we know, they could have bought Berkshire Hathaway could have bought. 
um, I don't know, floor and decor, you know, uh, three months ago, four months ago. They could have bought it four months ago. We we, we don't know. Um, so Walmart goes red here, uh, down 11 cents being punished for a good report and lucid still ripping, just took out 48. Now working at 49, Rivian up 10 percent, 164. Can't go down, Joel. It can't go down. Oh, it can't go down. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll have it go down. I'll buy it. You know what? Now that this lucid. Now, now it's making me mad. Now I gotta, I gotta go look at the dailies for a second. What do we yes. got? A minute before the number. We got a minute before the number. Real oh, quick. Yeah, you're right. Good point. It's eight twenty nine. We're gonna get. Right, I, I'm not gonna do it. Forget I, it. I, I don't. I don't know if retail sales is gonna. It's not gonna move the market. It, but it you is. You don't think so? Mm, no, no, I don't think so. It's not typically that kind of an indicator, but it is relevant within the context of Walmart earnings this morning, because you know the whole thing is. Look, well, Dennis it, doesn't have to worry about getting picked off here. No, I mean, that's really no, no, one no. thing. No, no, he doesn't. But like, hope look. he didn't leave. You know what? I hope he didn't leave any orders out there. Uh, we getting a pop. What's the pop? What's the good news? Is it out yet? Must I, be a little bit of good news. And or is someone jumping the gun up three, three, uh, three points. Uh, Forty six, eighty two. Yeah, I mean, it's, it wasn't. It looks like it wasn't a bad number. One, an increase of one point seven percent. Month over month, uh, you did nothing, nothing. This is a one point, um, a one point five percent estimate. So, so a, a little higher. But again, the point is like, there are all these economic data points, and it's like, there's there's broadly speaking two categories, right? There's like survey data, there's like sentiment data, and there's like, and there's like, you know, wallet data, right? There's like, how are you feeling versus what are you doing, right? And like Michigan consumer sentiment, for example, right, is is trending down. A lot of like sentiment surveys are trending down, but that's less relevant to me than like what what are they actually like doing with their money to like, do as I say or do as I do, not as I say, right? So, um, what this what this says, we had a, a little bit of a higher number than estimates. You know, the retail, they don't like this market. This market the retail is consumer not, is strong. I don't like the retail this. Consumer is strong. The retail consumer is spending money. That's what that's what this says. It, it, they're know, spending money, and that should be reflected in the sentiment in across the retail sector, whether it's Home Depot, Walmart, or Macy's, whomever. Right? The retail is strong. The retail is strong. Just yeah, we got a little pop, a little drop. Still, this the market has memory. The market has three closes right here at this forty six seventy nine area. We got a little bit of pop. Those are. Are pretty good numbers still. Just uh, you know, retail sales. It's been it's been the inflation numbers, right? That have been moving the market. No one really cares about the unemployment anymore. No. Uh, but tight range here. We got oh, we got into the forty six eighty three and a quarter, back down to forty six seventy eight. But I think we were just. I like to see where we were at eight thirty when we started this. When we were at eight thirty, we were at eighty one fifty. Not a lot of volume trade in the S and P's. A lot of a lot of cat and mouse here, just waiting, perhaps waiting for uh, more liquidity to come in at nine thirty. So good numbers. Not import prices are up a little bit. Nothing, not much on the and retail sales front. We, we always talk about how the market's all about narratives and stories. And so, someone argue against this narrative for me. Argue against the narrative that it's going to be the biggest holiday shopping season ever by a mile 
is this not going to be just like the most epic shopping season? You have you have a confluence of factors. You have uh, people flush with cash. You have people uh, wanting to um, you know sp- uh, spend money on on things after making it through a, a pandemic. You have maybe they're spending even earlier because they want to get ahead of the uh, supply chain problems, and you have concerns about that. So they're wanting to get their stuff now. Um, I, I just feel like this is going to be just an epic, epic, epic shopping season uh people want people wanted to go back in stores i don't know someone argue against that for me i I, I, it's hard to argue i mean it's just you know is it already factored in you know into these stocks i mean the thing is the thing is also is inflation right inflation is the worry um you're saying that everyone's strapped with cash but if that if that cash keeps going down and down in value you're seeing consumers and you you mentioned it the sentiment from uh surveys are pointing not that confident in their purchasing power. They're actually pointing towards that they're seeing and starting to kind of cut expenses and worrying about their, their income. So I think, you know, you, you are pointing towards uh, a pent up demand. Mitch, Mitch, I think you're on mute. I think you're on mute. Sorry. Uh, But no, but the chat, the chat is, uh, is some people agree with me. Some people don't. And that's great. Right. I, I, you know, uh, I would, yeah. I mean, look, there's no consensus. Chat's going absolutely crazy here. Wait, oh my man, gosh, do we have the most active chat on YouTube? Look at this thing. I can't even read all these things. It's because they couldn't hear Mitch. That's what he was they talking. get hot when they can't hear me. Mitch, Mitch can, can we hear you now? Yeah, they can now. Okay, I just had to fix it. Sometimes my mic picks up on desktop. Sometimes it doesn't. Uh, uh, but I was just talking about inflation and how yeah. the sentiments. Uh, surveys that Spencer's talking about have been pointing towards downside. Consumers worried about their purchasing power. Yeah. Um, and I think it is starting to play into factors, especially when the consumer goes to, let's say, like the grocery stores. I think that's where you see inflation hit you the most. Um, when you go to actually buy your everyday goods, um, like w- even if it's, let's say, chicken, beef, fish, yeah. you'll see massive, massive inflation right now. Yeah. I, I just like... The turkeys, right? The turkeys are expensive this year. Turkeys are. We've done the article. There is Thanksgiving inflation. That's definitely true. Definitely true. So, um, obviously, these these are broad generalizations. Not everybody is flush with cash. Not everybody wants to spend money on or wants to go to the store or whatever. But I, I I don't know. I just I'm getting, and I could be wrong. I'm not married to this idea. Um, it's just whether it's already baked into the market. I mean, these well, stocks have had some, you know, some tremendous runs. So, is, yeah, it, like, is like the market easy. already discount? The market is a discounting mechanism, right? It looks into the future and it predicts wow. the future. In, these in stocks period. have had some good runs, so we'll see what the expectations are. I mean, there's no doubt people want to get out, spend some coin. What Mitch is alluding to is that it's not going to go as far as as it did yeah. last year, yeah. right? Yeah. With, uh, with the inflation. Markets forward-looking in theory. Um, anyway, let's bring on our guest here. Uh, this is going to be a fun one. Frank Holmes, who has been a longtime guest on our show. He's the uh, CEO, CIO of U.S. Global Investors. He's also the chairman of Hive Blockchain. Uh, we'll talk about that, and we'll talk about a new ETF that they are launching, or they have just launched, actually. So let's bring Frank Holmes on the show. Frank, good morning. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming, I wish I'd used Indeed. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility all at Indeed.com slash P-R-E-P. Just go to Indeed.com slash P-R-E-P right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash P-R-E-P. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. How are we doing today? Good morning from New York City. Good morning from New York. Welcome. How's how's the weather over there? It's it's freaking cold here. Uh, super frail, very cold. <laughs> okay, uh, good to know we're not the only ones. Um, so Frank, before we get to the new ETF, I, I just want to ask you about Hive. What, what was what was the deal the other day? Like, you guys were halted up in Canada, but or but not in the U.S. or vice versa. Well, it was it was uh, getting a guaranteed uh, funding and making sure it was done properly. And what was so exciting about that was. For the first time, a major Canadian bank came into the blockchain crypto space. BMO, Bank of Montreal, uh, was part of the syndicate, uh, which is the first ever in Canada. So that was a big positive. And uh, Stiefel Canada, who was owned by Stiefel US, uh, did the financing. And they had over 125 shareholders come into it, and it was 300% uh, oversubscribed. There was 325 million wanted. And, and this was a private placement in, in Canada. Yes. Okay. It was it was faster. You know, it was just um, their their paper their stock is locked up for um, forty five days, uh, and and so with that, it was the first time a deal was done at a at a penny above the stock price when it closed at the day before. So what what is the um, use? the intention intentions that you have with this funding you're going to more mining facilities well exactly uh spencer it's it's every every time you want to get an exahash that's the magic number and with today's difficulty in mining bitcoin that's about six bitcoins a day and that's going to cost between 60 and 80 million us dollars to build out buy the equipment to be able to mine six bitcoins a day and so that's almost $400,000 a day of revenue that would come from uh, that type of funding. And we want to maintain our momentum. We've been one of the few companies that every month we announce buying some more equipment to build out and then building our facility in New Brunswick, right beside the state of Maine, uh, which is will finish here shortly at 50 megawatts. And then next year, by March, we'll take it up to 70. I mean, we're, we're um, doing... We're doing uh, about close to $300 million uh, uh, in revenue, uh, almost a million dollars a day. And uh, we think that this time next year, we could be up to $2 million a day in revenue and high gross margins. 
But when you have a situation like this where, where you're announcing some funding, uh, and so whose responsibility is it? Because you guys were halted on the NASDAQ, but you're not halted in Canada, right? So No, you halted in Canada. You're halted in both. You were halted in both? Yeah, okay. halted in both. Okay. And there was, right. lots of, there was lots of discussion of a takeover, merger, et cetera, but that didn't happen. Um, and... That- uh, you know that that was not what the you know rumors immediately started because we we did it in the morning and we wanted to make sure we had all the light le- uh, legal agreements okay. signed properly and so we halted in the morning. Okay, just making sure. But generally speaking, is that is it, it? It's up to the the you to talk to the exchange about that or them to talk to you about that. Yeah, no. Usually, you try to do it at four o'clock in the day, uh, the previous day. But the terms weren't in the best interest of Hive shareholders. So I kept, you know, I guess negotiating and renegotiating what were the best terms for, I thought, sure. the Hive shareholder. Most of these other financings are done at discounts to the stock price, a 15% discounts plus a 6% commission and a half warrant that goes to um, the institution. So that was uh, something we just were not going to do. Uh, we did it at a penny above. The previous day's closing price, and but it was you know to me it was very positive and constructive, um, and then we had the crypto sort of uh, unwind, and some people try to short to get the warrant, which is a normal course. So that's what they want to do. But you know what what we've done today is more important. I mean we 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 are you know most profitable crypto mining company, and we don't get credit for Ethereum. I was noticing some comp sheets, and all they were looking at was our Bitcoin mining. Our Ethereum is like, oh, they, they don't get no value for that. But over the past 12 months, Ethereum is up three times more than Bitcoin. So our holding of Ethereum has been great for shareholders. So I, I think what we've shown here at the, this end of September is just robust earnings that came not just from holding, but from operations. How big's the facility that, that, that you do this in? Well, we have 30 megawatts in, in Montreal, Quebec. We have uh, uh, 35 megawatts in, um, uh, sorry, 30 megawatts in New Brunswick, going to 50, then going to wow. 70. We have 10 megawatts um, in in Bowdoin, going to uh, 20 megawatts, and we have another five megawatts in Sweden, and we have just under five megawatts in Iceland. All green. We're the only pure green and clean mining company. Um, Frank, the chat wants to know what kinds of miners you have and 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 you're, that you're going to buy. No, my sorry, I didn't hear the question properly. Question from the chat about what what models, like what 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 chips you're using in your in your miners, what, what your models, uh, what kind of miners you have, and uh, in terms of Nvidia, AMD, and well, what you're buying. That's a good question. What we've not done is rely on one supplier. So we have Bitmain S19s, we have uh, um, micro BT30s, uh, we have Canons, um, so we have a, a whole spectrum of them. But when it comes to mining Ethereum, uh, we spend a lot of money upgrading our memory chips on the 580 from AMD. But what we recently announced was a over a $50 million um, uh, acquisition of NVIDIA, highest quality chips in the world. Um, the A40s are the best gaming chip in the world, uh, 6,000, 5,000, and 4,000s, which 
will allow us to go into high performance computing, which is extremely profitable. If you take a look at the margins that Amazon makes for charging you that in the cloud, it's immense. So we think that that is going to be another segue in our cycle to, to build this company. All right, Frank, I want to pivot here. I, w- I want to ask you about this new ETF, uh, the U.S. Glo- US Global Sea to Sky Cargo. Um, the timing is interesting, right? You're talking about transportation and logistics and shipping in the midst of a global supply chain, whatever the heck this is we're in right now. Uh, what, what, what will be in the CTF? It'll be 80% uh, uh, shipping and okay. it'll be 20% cargo airlines. And, and what we learned from Jet's ETF was that the best performing during that crisis were the cargo airlines. And then there was a scramble by all the other major airlines to start basically distributing and moving cargo uh, because there's no passengers to move. And and so we what we've seen is that there's been so many new UN and environmental policies that are really creating epic imbalances and disruption for all supplies around the world, such as the quality of the oil that's allowed to go into a tank, a shipping tank, um, basically wiped out a big portion of those uh, uh, container ships that are allowed to move around the world. They can't go into certain ports. And then you have the other disruption, uh, which we're hearing now about energy in in Europe. So I I think that we're going to continue to see it's going to be very volatile. Um, This particular index moves with the resources and and big heavy products like Samsung um, refrigerators and stoves, uh, if you want to ship them over. And it also, uh, we know this from the buying the chips. So we're sending these uh, ASIC chips and and these other type of uh, GPU chips from China over to North America and to Europe. Uh, The cost is up tenfold for shipping a kilogram of weight on an airplane. And but if we want them right away, that's our cost. Um, So I would say our shipping costs have gone up a million dollars over the past year. We don't see that slowing down. Well, that, that uh, was my we next question. See- that was my next question was, what, was why not? Like, in theory, I can't understand why it costs to go up now. But once once things normalize, right, wouldn't they go it's a leading, It's it, When it normalizes, but there's been there's so much on glo- climate change policies and carbon footprint that it's going to be more disruptive. Uh, you're not going to come back to the previous base you're just not. And right now we're we're coming with this uh, because we also think we're going through this natural correction because it highly correlates with PMI. And I write about this every month. The Purchasing Manufacturers Index is a great leading indicator like the stock market for the economy. But the global PMI Purchasing Manufacturers Index is highly cor- correlated to government policies and commodity demand, manufacturing demand. And this had a massive surge uh, going into the spring. It's cooled off. We see some of the Baltic shipping that have come off here. But we think uh, it's, it's a temporary, it's a great pullback. But it's going to be very volatile, um, just like all global trade is. Uh, Frank, what what is the ticker on this? I, I don't. It, has it started trading yet? SEA. SEA. It has it started trading yet? I don't see it. Not yet. Not no, yet. Not yet. Okay. So, but it will be. Do you have an estimate for that, or, or no? And you it'll know, be a way to play commodities. Uh, you, if you, you know when I believe copper is a big. 
important metal for mining, in particular for the whole climate change. And uh, you're going to see the shortages of copper out of Chile. The only place of fresh copper coming out of is out of, out of the Congo. Uh, and so we see that there's, there's going to be continuous pressure and all these policies of trillions of dollars in the U.S., trillions of dollars already approved in Europe for climate change spending. Um, it's going to be uh, you're going to see the shipping is going to be a big beneficiary of yeah. this. You know when when it will open, when the fund will open for trading? Yeah, it'll be uh, next week. Next week. OK. All right. Hey, a, a new play on shipping uh, and 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 global transportation um i'm you know I, i'm here for it i i would i'm very curious to see if, if your thesis is right uh the chat seems to agree with you some people do at least that this that nothing is really going to go back to normal so if that's the case this would be a good play uh frank holmes uh, as i mentioned is the ceo cio of u.s global investors uh and their new etf and he's also the executive can chairman. we ask him about uh the jets and the air i mean come on we're coming out of this pandemic frank we, and this uh wheels up wheels up wheels Wheels up, wheels up. Frank I mean, always says wheels up. He always says wheels the, up. The, the big date was November the 8th when the U.S. opened yeah. up Europeans to be able to fly in. Personally, it may be anecdotal, but to, to, two months ago, I flew to Sweden. Uh, every flight, every seat was packed going over, half empty coming home. Um, three weeks ago, I was in Dubai. Same thing. Every seat from Houston nonstop to Dubai was sold out. It was half empty coming home. Why? Because no one, anyone coming from Europe had to go, unless they were Americans, but any EU passport had to spend two weeks in Canada or Mexico City before they could be allowed in the U.S. That's gone. Driving from Canada across the border between Detroit and Windsor, uh, all that's opened up November the 8th. And we saw $300 million of new money coming into Jets, and Jets is up 10% for the past uh, four weeks. And what what about business travel? I mean, do you think, you know, when's that going to return to normal? And, and will it get, ever get back to the capacity that it was before? I mean, you know, people are finding out there's other efficient ways to do it. What's your outlook for business travel back to normal? But look at the look at the bounce, Joel. Every day the TSA publishes is free for everyone. And 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 they started that right at the bottom of COVID. Uh, and what's fascinating is that we went from 2.7 million people a day cleared by TSA down to 90,000. And as it's climbed up, it's been highly correlated to more and more people getting vaccinated. And as it's climbed up to 2 million people, uh, the big last leg was uh, Europeans and Asians to be able to freely fly into America. So it starts going over two million. You're going to see pricing power at the airlines with their ancillary fees. So if you look at jets, it was 32, 33 before the crisis. It fell down to 12. Yep. Um, it surges back to 28. And as I've said on, the, on your program before, everyone was dumping on the Robin Hood millennials. And I said, no, they're pretty smart. You know, they're, they, they're, that's a heck of a trade when everyone on Wall Street wanted to uh, jump out of a building over the airline industry. Um, and David Portnoy, well, no, he was right on, you know, go along the jets along with uh, Miller. Uh, so Bill Miller. So I, I think that uh, we have a chance here to go back to over $30. But we're going to have to get the TSA clearing more than 2 million people a day. Okay. Frank Holmes, always a pleasure to chat, sir. Have a good one. Thanks for coming on today. All, All right, right, gentlemen. Take care. Happy investing.
All right, Walmart goes red on the session, down 91 cents and 146. Walmart, what do you got to do? Loosen oh, over 50 bucks now into 50 handle, just lifting offers. Rivian up 16 bucks here. This is one of these days where you kind of just keep just keep an eye on that pre-market high, see if it can continue, but loosen. Loosen, loosen to 50. Whoa! I, you know, <laughs> I don't know where the circuit. I don't know. I don't know when you your peanuts. I don't know if you go to the you go to the stand now. You get in line to buy the peanuts. I, I really I have no idea here. The gap fill. The gap fill, guys. Yeah, you I, were talking about the gap how, fill. I think how, it's filled the gap now, and I think you maybe get a, a point or two over this, but I think you've run into that. Mitchy calling the top. From boy, February, that's my boy. Gap, that's my from, boy. The guy from February. <laughs> that's market it, it has memory. Makes, it, yeah, yeah, Spencer. Spencer, since the day that that stock gapped down there, yeah. every single trader. That was watching this stock go to oh, 65 has been waiting for it to come back into that gap zone. Okay. I, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying, okay. I mean, but now it's filled, right? And yeah. so now you got to yeah. be careful because I don't see it having enough gas to get to 65, but that's just my call. <laughs> yeah. Who we'll knows? Right? happens. Fit, uh, interest. All right. Let's, let's do a, a reset here. Uh, yeah. The low, uh, where the gap. Uh, what gap are we looking at here? It was the top of the gap. Uh, was yeah, fifty six. Oh, I got a gap from fifty three ninety four to fifty six oh eight. Wow, right here. You're looking. Oh, you're looking at this little gap getting filled here. But mm -hmm. the true gap Hanover. Ooh, 5608. Ah, we'll see what happens. But uh, just folks, if you traded this, keep an eye on your pre-market high. See how it reacts there because this thing is just, it's ripping. All right. Uh, Eric Nans dropped us. We love Eric. Dropped us a Benjamin. He did it so Dennis could get a generator. So we appreciate that, Eric. Uh, we'll have to make sure Dennis gets himself a generator because uh, this is unacceptable. Unacceptable, Dennis, to not have a generator. Thank you, Eric. I think is that our uh, is that our all time uh, all time high? Uh, maybe in U.S. dollars, but not in terms of sheer quantity of currency. No, we've had people drop us, you know, thousands of rupees before, loopies or whatever. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, hey, it's eight fifty three here. Let's do a few minutes of ticker time. Uh, I want to make sure uh, I didn't forget hey, hey, ticker time. from our list. Uh, what else was on my list here? Everyone wants to talk about Mara. Yeah. Oh, Joe, Joe. We talked about that at the close yesterday. Holy cow. And then it kept on going after hours in this morning. What did I say? What What did I say that when we were on well, at you, the close? You said you have no rules in your life except for one rule, which is you don't touch stocks that have things with the SEC. That's what you said. Right. And then you had your step-down seller here. I mean, this guy was chick, guy, girl, gals, whatever. Uh, and then you had a little reprieve here at 56. But I looked at the monthlies and sometimes – or I looked at the dailies here. And look at all those lows around 50. You had three lows around 50. Uh, what did it get to? In the Almost got there, right? 50.07. So now you're getting a little bit of a bounce. So 50 is your support. You're only two bucks away from there. 
Uh, your high off the rebound has been 53. So 50 to 53, that's your early range. And what I also said about this is when, you know, we're not all looking at the quotes. We're not all looking at our screen or our phone at the time. There are a lot of people that came in, signed online and, at night, you know, and they're like, wait, wait, this thing was at 65, 70. Wait, just boom. And they hit the button. So we'll see. Uh, pre-market low, that stands 5007. See if we get back down there again today. All right, let's look at Coinbase. A few people are mentioning that. It is down this morning with the with Bitcoin being lower. Um, wow, actually down substantially. Yeah, now this is interesting because you hit it, had a nice run in the earnings. They hit it, they fought it way back. It got more than half of that move back. I'll just look at that that earnings day low, that 320 low. And uh, as long as you're above that, yeah, maybe we'll trade in, in a little bit of a range. Uh, down, but not out. Got out there in the pre-market under 325. You uh, took back half of the move. Today, if you get a rally, I, I mean, with Bitcoin down like this, unless it has a big turnaround, Let's see, the bottom of yesterday's range, and this did this on earnings too. It filled the gap. Uh, the bottom of the range is uh, 333.09. So if you're trying to sneak out there, and then the close, that was uh, 345.36. That's going to, unless you get a big turnaround in Bitcoin, it's going to be hard, hard for that to get back up to that area. All right, we got time for just a couple more tickets sure. here. Uh... Okay, we can do sure we can do P R O G. This is progenity, right, Matt Miller, I believe. I Don't is. ask me. Ask uh, contact ten. Had a you know, volume fell off a cliff here uh, in the last last couple of weeks. Uh, had a uh, few weeks there of just insane volume. But the, sh- the, the price has held up though. Why is it up so much today? Oh, that's a good question. I wasn't even looking at that chart. Wow, that's a good, good point. Yeah, I didn't. Even, I was looking at the, the daily. Uh, why is it up so much today? Good question. Uh, I don't it's know. Straight, it's swinging some shares too. Around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Let me let me check a PR feed. See if we see if we got anything on progenity. Uh, anything from yesterday after after hours? Yeah. Um, no, it looks like we had an insider buy. Uh, Chris Chris um, Cacci saying that it's been a short squeeze leaderboard from Fintel for okay. multiple weeks. Okay, so, yeah, it, it, that, um, that's a reason. That's as good a reason as any. Okay. Uh, based on that, then I won't do any time. Gamma squeeze. Minutes. It's a gamma squeeze. Yeah. Oh, gamma squeeze in a three dollar and fifty cent stock. I'll let I'll <laughs> let you I'll let you guys have your fun with this one. This is uh, above Bye. my pay grade. Fine. Do you want to look at yesterday's big winner? Speaking of squeezes, GGPI was your crate was your squeeze of the day yesterday. Nah, I don't want to um, look at that one. Oh, up again this morning. Shocker. What else we got here? Um, da, 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 da. let's find one that's not as crazy. Oh, you know what stock we haven't talked about in a long time, and for good reason. Uh, Jumia. Have you seen that one, Joel? They had earnings uh, out uh, last night uh, or this morning, and. It has gotten down goes Frazier. Earnings were this morning. Uh, the stock has been just brutalized. Brutalized. There has been buyers between 17 and 1750 going back to the end of August. Will those buyers be there again? I don't know, but a lot of daily. You can see the couple spikes below there at the end of November or end of October, early November. You spent some time between 17 and 1750 at the beginning of October. You did it in August. I mean, you know, I'm not shorting it down here. 
Uh, if I did, I'd, I'd just see if, see if the buyers are going to emerge. You did get a spike uh, down close to this area, 17, 1707. That's really all I can give you on this one. If you're looking for a rally uh, and you want to just try and sneak out at a gap, uh, three lows, this uh, actual low from yesterday is 18.13. So that's, hey, that's only 40 cents away, the bottom of the range uh, from yesterday. So that's possible. Uh, also, the close, 18.52, that'd be a better resistance number. So okay. that's what's going on. Well, what do you want more, not one that... Look at Walmart, down a buck 61. I mean, yeah. come on, folks. What are you doing? What do they want for that? Okay, oh, hot, hot take, you ready? This dip will be bought at the open. This okay, hot take from will Spencer. Will be bought at the open. Um, hey, here's one that off the beaten path. Uh, Whiting Petroleum, WLL. Oh, Whiting Petroleum. Yeah. The old look at that. They yeah. reorged and then they came yeah. back, right? Uh yeah, right. Didn't they file for bankruptcy? Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Nothing like a rally. Uh there's someone out there at 70. They've been out there over the last couple of sessions, closed 69.19. Someone patiently just selling on strength in the stock at 70. So that's your major resistance, 69.19 uh, close. And I got a good area for it on the downside. If you're trying to protect some profits in this, you've been riding this thing up since the end of August at 40 bucks. You got a, a, a triple bottom at 60, 66. Wow, this thing moves around pretty good on a daily basis. So 66 to 70, uh, both good numbers on the upside and the down. I mean, it's actually a little bit higher. I see 70, 59, 70, 23. Uh, but just the way 69, 92, just like someone's, they want their average price to be 70. Spoos go red. Mm -hmm. Spoos are down to buck. We're at a triple close area. Little left off the retail sales. Spire uh, kind of seems a little bit tired, but uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens when the liquidity comes in at 9.30. All right. It is 9 o'clock. Joel's going to hop off. We're going to hop off as well. Look, we made it through the show. No Triple D. I, it was kind of fun. I'm not making any promises about tomorrow. I don't know. If I hope he gets his power. I hope he gets it back before the open. I mean, I mean. He, he's probably cold, right? Yeah, it's cold up there. Yeah. Without power. Uh, yeah. Okay. Everyone All have right. a good day. We'll see you later on. Right, Joel, I'll catch you later. Everyone live trading with Benzinga's going live in a few moments here. We'll we'll hop off the stream, redirect to that stream. As a reminder, as the graphic says in the bottom of the corner, the Benzinga boot camp, the last one of the year, is this Saturday, nine to five. The link is right there on the screen, Benzingabootcamp.com. Okay. Full day of trading, um, instruction, education, charts. Technicals, fundamentals, all day. Uh, check it out, benzingabootcamp.com. Uh, last one of the year this Saturday. All right, I'll wrap up this show. Please remember all the information from our show meant to be used as informational purposes, not for investing or trading advice. Thanks to our guest, Frank Holmes. Thanks to all of you in our chat. Thanks, Eric, for that amazing super chat. We appreciate that very, very much. Please, the rest of you, you don't have to drop us super chats, but you do have to hit the like button. That's like the least you could do. Hit that like for Alpha, for winning ideas, and for losing ideas. They can all be winners, but that's the way it goes. All right, live trading with Benzinga, Mitch, Ryan, Junaid. I'll try to stop by for a few going live right now. Did you know nearly all stock price changes of 10% or more result from a single news headline? That's right. News headlines have a unique ability to drive stock prices up or down. These news catalysts create trading opportunities every day. All you need is a little help to reach out and take them. 
And if you're looking to grow your portfolio, it doesn't matter if your investment budget is small or big. An easy-to-read stream of news headlines will increase your opportunities to profit from price changes in the stock market, consolidate a knowledge-based investment strategy, and grow your portfolio. All you need is Benzinga Pro and its powerful news alerts, price tracking, and portfolio monitoring to make a positive change in your trading performance. We've already helped thousands of retail traders across the world, and they could not be happier. Increase your market knowledge, boost your exposure to big movers, and make informed trades before major price changes. The opportunities are all around you. Subscribe now, and we'll skyrocket your portfolio today.